Monday Night Raw podcast on the shadows. Split doing the damn thing. WWE. What's going on, y'all? Monday Night Rose last night, emanating from Los Angeles, California. Shouts to Becky. It was a very good show, in my opinion. I enjoyed it thoroughly. The three hours, it didn't feel like they sped by, but it was just aspects of the show that definitely felt like we were moving forward with, you know, just the product in general and you know, just leading into Stomping Ground, streaming Sunday live on the WWE Network. Open up the show with Elias. You know, since then, L.A., there's a lot of jokes about the uh, Anthony Davis trade. Uh, I'm pretty sure everybody has some L.A. Lakers jokes or uh, memories. And uh, I'll even go as far as to say I was uh, playing 2K once and had a small... Uh, situation with the LA Lakers where I did not end up on the team where it was pretty funny but it was a really good uh, show so Elias is joking on all of the uh, you know LA fans and messing around with them uh, trolling about the LA Lakers deal and such like that and out comes Seth freaking Rollins out of nowhere from behind attacks with a steel chair this brings out all five members of that Fatal Five wave. Bobby Lashley, Braun Strowman, uh, The Miz, Ricochet, and Cesaro. These guys are going to go at it in an elimination match where the winner would be the one to take on Samoa Joe this Sunday at Stomping Grounds for the United States Championship. So they came out, hit uh, Elias with all the finishing maneuvers, and uh, got into the match. Uh, Braun Strowman took out, uh, well, actually, no, no, let's get this clear. One of the top moves of the evening uh, was Cesaro lifting Braun Strowman in just a feat of awesome power. I, I, I really liked that. I thought it was just awesome to have Cesaro get in there and, you know, just really do that. Like, that was great, but... He eventually got uh, eliminated by Braun Strowman with the power slam. Same happened to Bobby Lashley, but then these guys team up, beat up on Braun Strowman, and Ricochet is able to hit the 630 for the victory. So this leaves, uh, well, yeah, well, yeah, Ricochet is 630 with the help of those two, so they kept Ricochet down on him just to make sure he didn't win. So that was some good heel stuff. And um, who, were the, who was it? Uh, so it comes down to Miz and Ricochet, and I was very, very uh, pleased to see that, you know, those two were going to be going at it potentially. Well, one of those two would be going at it with Samoa Joe. So Ricochet picks up the victory. Very hard foot, good match, good showing for Miz, who came out just strutting his stuff. Hometown boy came out with a strong walk. <laughs> so um, they had a good match. Ricochet picks up the victory. Miz did not look weak and defeated, at all, in my opinion. Uh, so it's going to be Ricochet versus Samoa Joe this Sunday at Stomping Ground. I was, uh, I was, I'm very excited to see what Ricochet is able to do. You know, I was thinking about it last night. Like, unfortunately, like I said, Ray, well, a couple weeks ago, you know, Ray took the injury. Well, Ray got, Ray got the shoulder injury. But uh, if anybody was to replace Ray and really uh, 
just put on a great match with somebody like Samoa Joe, Ricochet would be a perfect pick. Uh, we know that Miz was able to really put the uh, Intercontinental Championship on another level. So, you know, I wouldn't have been upset if he would have uh, picked up the victory. But, um, like I said, Ricochet picked it up. And it was, uh, you know, good stuff. So this Sunday, those two, I'm pretty sure, are going to put on a fabulous match. Now, do they do they pull the trigger on Ricochet and have him, you know, pick up the victory in general? I don't necessarily think so. I don't have a dog in the race, but I definitely, uh, per- I would like to see Samoa Joe, you know, have a, have a nice victory here, you know. But at the same time, Ricochet is so hot right now, do you? Not that you waste his chance and miss the boat with him. I mean, there's always time to rebuild the character. And, I mean, I don't think Samoa Joe is going anywhere. But is he going to be, like, a champion that, you know, has him? Like, this this run with the championship, eh, you know, it's, been, it's had a couple of ups and downs. And, I mean, is Ricochet really ready for the United States Championship? I mean, sink or swim was the feel that Mr. McMahon was uh, giving the NXT guys. So, um, maybe we'll be able to find out how that goes. All in all, though, like I said, good match, good segment, great power moves, great high spots. Miz is more of a balanced player while, you know, uh, was, uh, excuse me, Ricochet is more of the agile type, you know, air offense, aerial offense. So, it was good stuff. I think uh, Samoa Joe would maybe have, may have made easier work of the Miz, but... Uh, it all remains to be seen in coming weeks, but we do know, like I said, Rick Shea is going to be taking on uh, Samoa Joe this Sunday at Stomping Ground, streaming live on the WWE Network, and I am not upset about that at all. So, yes, yeah, a great opening segment, which then led into, uh, actually, I believe, was this the 24-7 stuff that happened directly after the fact? Everybody in the crowd is clapping in the front row on the sidelines, and the camera is panning through and pans back to... Uh, R-Truth and Carmella, uh, the 24-7 champion and his, uh, you know, mixed match challenge uh, tag team partner. (laughs) So um, those two are in the crowd, eventually ran off. R-Truth ducks underneath the ring as soon as the uh, 24-7 crowd comes running around. And they pull out Titus (laughs) O'Neal, who was... uh, surprisingly waiting for our truth underneath the ring uh so uh some people are not really feeling the world slide jokes with under the ring stuff but i mean hey it it was something that to you know just fit that on the show which is something i noticed with fitting a lot of people on the show somebody we didn't get to see was uh dana brooke so come on now that was not tell me that wasn't a one-shot deal wwe where's dana you know, where's the flex with Dana Brooke? Well, maybe it was a segment that wasn't well wasn't seen on the air, but who knows? Um, I'm uh, I, all in all, I like the segment though uh, with the 24/7 championship. But this brings out after that the man Becky Lynch after three strong walks to the ring before the commercial break. Good stuff, just good stuff. It was it felt good, and Becky, in my opinion, had the strongest walk. Uh, talked about. How they were at the MTV Awards this weekend, and uh, I don't think they made. It. Well, I don't. I don't want to speak on. It. I'll just 
you know, save it. Maybe next week we'll figure it out if they talk about it again. The Rock was supposed to be honored for like a generational award or something like that, but I don't know if it was that that uh, show or not. Maybe it might have been, but um, I think he comes out before the matchup with Lacey is Sunday at Stomping Grounds, and uh, you know, cut a cool promo, caught Lacey out. Out comes Lacey. You know, they have their uh, their back and forth. Very good. You know, Lacey is getting better each and every week. Some people are, uh, I I wouldn't say uh, getting cold on Becky. It's just, you know, we're we're watching the women's division continue to develop. The women were showcased nicely last night. And some people are just a little upset because this is like the same main thing between those two. You know, just the man versus the lady, the sassy lady, however you want to word it. But all in all, it's really, it's it's fine to me. And I mean, maybe I'm watching differently, but I'm watching these these superstars really grow and develop, you know. And Lacey has so much potential, a former United States Marine. We all knew it, but each and every time, you know, I salute thee for that. And, um... Yeah, she gets up on the ring apron. She's still talking, and as she gets in the ring, about we're talking about what she's going to do at Stomping Grounds. Here comes Becky. Now Becky told her if she get in the ring, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a brawl. Lacey, not showing any fear, goes and takes the time getting in the ring, but gets in the ring, and before she gets all the way, in, Becky attacks her. So, uh, good fight. You know, we we just excited for the matchup this Sunday. And hopefully these ladies are able to put on uh, a very good show. So, uh, good stuff. You know, just good to, you know, cover that. I enjoyed it. And uh, let's get on into the next segment. Okay, no. The 24-7 segment did not happen after the Fatal 5-Way. Pardon me. It happened after the Viking Raiders took on uh, two local talents. I can't remember the name of it. I mean, Russ and Randy Taylor, I believe it was. But um, those two... Uh, tried to tried to have a good match against the Viking Raiders, but these guys, the Viking Raiders, with some of their high octane offense, just power moves, giant clotheslines, great tag team type power slam off tandem offense, just good stuff. A good showcase of what the Viking Raiders can do. Uh, it was good to see him back on TV. Maybe we'll get to see him on TV more often. They definitely did impress. And they, they look strong, man. They, the, the entrance was fine. It was good. I liked the entrance they had. You know, just had a strong feel to it. And um, who, who would these guys be able to chew through next? But it all remains to be seen. But all in all, Viking Raiders picked up the victory with the Viking experience. <laughs> and... Um, Good segment. I'm not mad at it. Okie doke. Coming up on maybe the the middle part of the show now, but uh, the KO and Sammy show was up next. I'm not the hugest fan of Sammy Zayn, but that's just me. It's funny, though, because each time Sammy Zayn is just like, oh, man, he's coming out again. You know, he does something that always makes me chuckle. He's a... You know, just a good character. And, I mean, this is inside a storyline. I have nothing against Sami Zayn at all. I think he's, you know, a fabulous wrestler and uh, super talent on the microphone. So, 
you know, it's just, you know, in storyline, his character is supposed to, you know, irk you and agitate you, and he does a very good job at doing that also, so, um, you know, it was good, the, the graphics guy in the back, apparently his name is Bob, he didn't uh, go through the graphic changes that Kevin Owens wanted, maybe we'll see it next time, these guys do have a talk show segment together, but, and didn't happen, so thanks a lot, Bob. Um, Baron Corbin's been looking for a special guest referee for the match this Sunday at Stomping Grounds against Seth Rollins. And Seth Rollins has been attacking everyone. This is why he attacked uh, Elias at the top of the show. And, um, yeah, these guys call out Baron Corbin. He comes on out, and they tell him because of what happened that he's, they're not going uh, to go through the, the hassle of, you know, trying to, like, they withdrawed from the consideration, and, and, hey, Seth Rollins is on a rampage, I've spoken on the Universal Championship, uh, being one of somewhat possession, we saw how, uh, violent Brock Lesnar was with it, so now it's finally starting to take hold on Seth, you know, and it's totally the way the Universal Championship should be showcased. I mean, a lot of people upset about the heel type nature of Seth Rollins' attacks, but I mean, come on. He is technically the champion, not any champion, the Raw champion and the flagship champion. So, yeah, let's let's see some more of this gritty good guy stuff. You know, like, yeah, I've done the good guy thing for long enough, but, you know, this is not what the championship is about. We don't need a happy-go-lucky, goody-two-shoes champion. We need a champion that's going to roll his sleeves up and get in the mud and get dirty sometimes. So, uh, that's the way I was able to see that. And, you know, he doesn't want to lose the championship if, like, like he's going to do what he can to maintain and retain the championship so all of the extra ploys to get him to lose the championship he's not gonna just stand for it so anybody that baron corbin is trying to come through and get to cheat or take a shortcut around earning the championship uh title seth rollins is right there for us so kevin is saying well sammy withdrew from consideration kevin owens and a show of solidarity with his friend just like the trip over to Jeddah. Saudi Arabia for Saudi Mania 3, uh, he said, I'm going to withdraw also, which was comical in itself, it was a nice touch, and it said, hey, WWE understands sometimes, you know, like, people do have a moral issue with things or whatever, and, you know, Sami Zayn, you know, has his own story over across, you know, in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia because of his Syrian descent. You know, a lot of very touchy, very political. Uh, I I enjoy Sami Zayn's work, even though he is slightly agitating. But, you know, it is unfortunate that things have to be that tense like that. But, uh, all in all, this, uh, you know, Baron Corbin is, you know, hey, since you guys can't be there or you don't want to, it's no problem. Because I got another guy. Who is it? None other than E.C. Three. How exciting. How exciting. I, I think everybody was kind of swerved with that. Didn't necessarily uh, 
think that it, you know, we all well. Let's say that we all thought that EC3 was actually going to get his opportunity to really shine through as a special guest referee. It was a nice touch, but you know what a better one was? The fact that Seth Rollins came out. Just the small continuity having that weaved that storyline weaved in and out of the show throughout the night. Very funny. Out comes Seth, attacks EC3 with the steel chair. Same one he beat up Elias with, and oh, it was just crazy. So, huge beat up segment, hilarious beat up segment. I uh, got a kick out of it. And EC3 is there, laid out. So, uh, this brings out the new day. WWE champion Kofi Kingston, Xavier Woods, and the returning to action from last week's SmackDown, Big E. These guys come out, man, they prop up EC3 because they're they not even there underneath the wild card rule. They just think it's Kofi's champion, free ball rule, they all champion, so they can technically do what they want. All right, not bad. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't mad at it at all. I'm just kind of leaving the wild card rule to. Uh, the McMahon family, Mr. McMahon and all of his brilliance, you know, in my opinion, has been able to figure something out as far as getting all of the stars onto whatever brand for the Fox deal uh, looming in October. And that's just my opinion. But if there's something else that comes about, or, you know, however it works, then it's just going to work like that. But the wild card rule, I think, uh, is just a huge a toss-up from behind the three-point line at this point. I'm not sure uh, what's going to come of it, but we will uh, see in the coming weeks. So, eh, not bad. And this uh, sets up a six-man tag. The stuff the New Day did, propping EC3 up. Ventriloquism, let me talk it for him. Just funny stuff. It was good. I think EC3 made the most of the opportunity. Sometimes it's not, uh, you know, the the most favorable, but at this point, the power of opportunity is definitely shining through because some guys are able to really, like I said, make the most of it. The the revival come to mind with the Uzi Hot promo wasn't necessarily the best stuff, but they made it funny. And sometimes it's it's like that, you know, like the other times and it's just like, nah, I don't think that's, that's probably not going to be very funny at all. But then the are definite times where the superstar is able to really turn uh, coal into diamonds. So, with that, uh, good stuff. Set up a six-man tag. believe they got right into it. Yeah, and it turned into a two out of three falls match. New Day picked up the victory 2-0 over uh, Baron Corbin, Sami Zayn, and Kevin Owens. Uh, you know, good stuff leading into the match. Uh, so now we've got a tag team match between Kevin and Sammy taking on Big E and Xavier Woods at Stomping Ground, along with Kofi Kingston taking on Dolph Ziggler in a steel cage at Stomping Ground this Sunday, streaming live on the WWE Network. I'm excited. I want to say I don't have any ponies in the race, but guys know New Day is my favorite team. They could go in there and pick up a, a victory for the entire squad. It, you know, it would look good. I don't know what's gonna happen. I have no control over what's gonna happen. 
you know, you want to see your boys win, but also Kevin and Sammy could, you know, use a win themselves, you know, so it's just a very compelling match to see who's going to pick up the victory. I know it's going to be very physical. We know that these guys, the New Day, were able to really uh, have awesome matches with uh, the Usos, you know, last year or throughout last year, so I know that with super talents like... uh, uh, you know, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, they're going to really put on a great tag team matchup. That's just the feel I'm getting from it. It definitely screams athleticism. So, um, yeah, I'm excited for it. Can't wait to see it. And, um, yeah, good segment. So let's get on into the next one. Backstage, AJ Styles, never rust, never rust. Main appearance back on WWE TV a couple of weeks, took some time off. Healed his body, he looking like he's good to go, you know, ready for some more in-ring action. But uh, he's backstage talking to one of the doctors. And, whoa, speaking of doctors, two good doctors come up. Luke Gallows, Carl Anderson. AJ gives him a little chat, give him a talk about the, the history they've been able to make across the sea, across the world in Japan. These guys had championships, everyone, you know shuddered at the name you know these guys were just very very well known tag team champions so um i was very uh i was i was glad to see you know just that form of uh camaraderie highlighted with uh the good brothers and aj styles from back in the day even when they were the club when they all first came around and debuted in wwe and, uh, you know, the the club, well, the Gallows and Anderson, good brothers, that uh, debuted right in the Staples Center those years ago. So, good stuff, you know, a good, you know, good continuity spot in a way. And uh, AJ said, you guys, you know, it's fine to joke around and have fun, but got to get serious. Can't be complacent, can't rest on your laurels. And I definitely know and understand the feel. I respect it. So, uh, they went out there and had a matchup with the Usos. Didn't necessarily pick up the win, though. So I think that might have been the wake-up call for them to, you know, light that fire, rev that engine again, and, and get it going. Act like, you know, you are one of the greatest tag teams on the planet, like the Usos, but be the good brothers. So we'll we'll see how it continues to evolve if it does. And, um, yeah, good match. Wasn't too long, wasn't too, too many spots, but... The Usos did pick up the victories with a bunch of super kicks. And, you know, they always look good with doing it. Got a great crowd reaction. And, um, like I said, it was a really good tag team segment. The best in the world. VIP party, Shane O'Mac style. Double wide champagne. Whole bunch of delicious catering, all kinds of goodies. Had he slayed a backstage trying to ask for a raise. <laughs> uh, Shano said no. Even though his kids, I mean, even though uh, Heath's kids getting older, the revival laughed it off. Drew took him outside, tried to uh, offer him some money, dropped it, but then beat him up. So Eve took a real bad beat down. From Drew, essentially courtesy of Shane McMahon. This later on, this was earlier on in the show. Later on, Roman comes out, you know, to uh, hype up the match, you know, promo the match before. Well, it was Drew McIntyre 
uh, before Sunday. And, um, hey, man, Rome had it. He came out. I think the way they're handling Roman right now is perfect. I would literally say magnifique. They aren't trying to go too hard on, you know, just putting the jetpack directly on them again. And just the way he's been built, like I said last week, it's just been excellent because you know that, uh, you know, Shane is getting all of this great, great, great heel heat. And then when Roman comes through, based on that loss from Super Showdown for his comeuppance, is going to be a, a sight to see. It's going to be a spectacle. And that it was. So Rome talking. In the ring, he's a little not down, but he's a little upset. Didn't have the best uh, trip to Saudi Arabia. But Drew McIntyre interrupts, uh, you know, talking some more talk. The Roman brings up his family. Unnecessary. We done seen how Roman did before with his family, got brought into it. But this time, he just said, all right, we're going to go backstage. We're going to go find him. Told Shane about to come kick Drew's ass. Yeah, and that is exactly what he did. Drew goes through a table in the VIP party room. Oh, my goodness. Shane tries to get out of there, but Roman intercepts. And it starts, you know, pretty much the uh, small beatdown. I believe the Revival were able to get some hits in. But, you know, Roman was able to find his way through that and fight his way through it. So uh, Shane is outside in, you know, in the WWE Universe now in the crowd. He's running. He hits a huge leap. Great no-handed jump onto the barricade and made it over pretty much. He jumped to the top. I think he could have cleared it if he wanted to. He chose not to, which was fine. It just added to more uh, flair on the spot in general. Roman comes through the crowd, catches up with him. Superman punch middle of the ring, then a spear. It was a light spear. I don't want to say Shane might have a better spear than Roman. My goodness, because if Roman got a running start, it might be different. But it definitely was one of those stiff, I'm going to hit you with all of the power in the shoulder spears. And it did look great. So um, good stuff, good segment all around. And um, Roman looked strong. The reception he got was the reception that we always wanted him to get and constantly have so it feels really really good to have that happen it you know it took it took leukemia and shane o'mac but we're able to get uh the big dog back at the top of the map in so many tenses so you know the top guy in the company definitely looked like he was the top guy in the company last night good good segment lexa bliss nikki cross go at it next up uh, tag team, well, excuse me, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross go at it with the women's tag team champions for the women's tag team championships, the Iconics. And um, in, a, in a short match, wasn't bad. Alexa Bliss pulled some strings backstage, made it happen. Bailey was ringside, a lot of a lot of shenanigans with that. They still pulling, the, they still going for the social media shenanigans storyline with you know, Bailey refusing to take a photo with a Nikki Cross fan or somebody that was wearing a Nikki Cross shirt or something like that. It's hilarious. You can't see the stuff if she's blocked on with social media and in person with the, you know, merchandise thing. Like, come on, like, you don't, you don't know. It, it, it's, it's just, it's, it's, 
I don't want to, it's not corny in a bad way. It's just like, I feel like it's Mr. McMahon's take on Mean Girls. You know, it, so it, it is, it is a comical in a way, just because it's like, you know, it, like, oh my God, you, she did what? She, Bailey, the hugger, nice Bailey. So they're trying to put across this storyline that Bailey isn't as nice as she seems. I think Bailey's a little fed up with being nice all the time. I think Bailey's learning that you can't be nice all of the time. So it's not really a shock that she's not being as nice as she once was because, hey, she stopped being as nice and now she's the SmackDown Women's Champion. I mean, that's a moment of bliss in and of itself. So, um, a little bit of, uh, a little bit of, I don't want to say screwy, but it was just mishaps on the camera and we didn't necessarily get to see the pin, but we did see the small amount of dominance on Nikki Cross because Alexa Bliss was distracted by Bailey at ringside. And, uh, yeah, the Iconics retain the Women's Tag Team Championships against Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss. Good storyline development here. It was, you know, fine now. Nikki Cross is going to be in Alexa Bliss's corner this Sunday for her match with Bailey. So who knows what's going to happen? Possibilities out there. We're just going to see how it all takes place. So good segment. I'm not mad at it. I had fun watching it. Bray Wyatt invited everybody to join the Firefly Funhouse. Hey, I, uh, I know that the people are loving the segments. They're really enjoying the fast camera edits and all of the just crazy nature of, you know, the the superstar and people wondering how it's going to translate to the ring. I believe it was a couple of remixes. Uh, to the Muscle Man dance song, and yeah, I'm actually looking forward to being able to watch that on uh, the WWE YouTube channel or perhaps even one of the social media uh, platforms. But it was very good stuff, very funny, Come on. and um, yeah, good stuff. Join the Firefly Fun House. Really funny that that WWE cult stuff. It uh, it's it, it has its its charms, you know. It 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 can make somebody laugh if they're looking for uh, uh just just uh, I don't want to say dry comedy, but it's it's it has its moments. Like how is Rambling Rabbit still alive? How does he keep coming back? <laughs> you know, uh, the Mr. McMahon puppet, and, and, and it's all just great, you know, Abby the Witch, Mercy the Buzzard, everybody's running. Like I said, it's very fun, a uh, very fun segment, so it's, uh, I'm not mad at it at all. I think it was good stuff. All right, now, we know that Seth Rollins have been on a rampage all night. Beat up Eric Young with the chair, beat up EC3 with the chair. Eric Young wasn't even trying to get into it. Baron Corbin was just not having any luck. I have my pick. I'm not even going to share who I want to be special guest referee. We're just going to have to wait till Sunday and hope that it happens. But we will see who the special guest referee will be then this Sunday streaming live on the WWE Network's battle, battlegrounds, excuse me, stomping grounds. But uh, Daniel Bryan and Seth Rollins. Man, look, Seth Rollins and AJ was one thing. To have Daniel Bryan and uh, Seth Rollins go at it was basically the same thing. High level of athleticism, a lot of counters, 
lot of moves, just just awesome offense from both sides. A lot of strong, strong moments from both characters in and of itself. I had a lot of fun watching that match. It was a small moment where a whole bunch of superstars poured into the ring. New Day, Usos, Revival, all these guys fighting. And, uh, you know, they get, well, because Rowan interfered, it was just a lot of craziness. But, um, yeah, they eventually did restart the match after that screwy DQ almost finished, but it didn't happen. So, luckily, we did get to see a little bit more. People were upset. Oh, they're giving it away on free TV. Nah, man, it's just to wet your whistle, so to speak. And I wasn't mad at it at all. It was a very good, very good uh, match. Good moments in between. It was just short enough to make you want to actually see these two uh, go at it one-on-one in a longer match. So, all in all, a very good Monday Night Raw segment. Very, excuse me, very good Monday Night Raw in general. Very good stuff. I was... Very happy to see the show go that direction and, you know, stay, keep most of that momentum up from the first hour. So I can only hope that reflects in the rating. So with that says, Blake, I will catch you guys tomorrow for SmackDown Live. Thank you for listening. Shouts to everybody that bring you the podcast each and every week. And I'll catch it. And yes, ma'am. Peace.